Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You just be sitting up there jacked with Pepsi. <laughs> I'm there for the pot goat. You just got to pack me in committed to the bow early on like i love getting close and putting up you cover a range of stuff on here too right like we call this the uh, the thp world headquarters you know my grandpa roy weatherby i came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls just you're canadian we're doing yeah, a canadian I... podcast my name is douglas Bowes. i'm robbie denning Royal Candy. Hit record there you go <laughs> That always helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like I was saying, and just finishing calibrating the my site. I'm close, but yeah, I'm just kind of time's taken up with Evie and stuff like that right now. So I won't have time for, for turkey, but I will most definitely be done well in time for bear. Yeah. So, nice. That's, yeah. Uh, I was thinking I wanted to use my bow for turkey for the opener, but that's another thing. Like Kevin's going to make me up my arrows, so. Nice. It's going to be a matter of if I actually get the time to shoot them and get them tuned up right and actually shooting right. So, well, it's all right. Yeah, you should be able to do it there. Yeah. What kind of arrows are you going to shoot? Uh, I picked up FMJs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never shot them before. So it'll be interesting to see what they are. Yeah. I've never shoot. shot them either. You said you've yeah. shot them before, Kevin. Oh, yeah. 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 They're not bad. It's all right. Yeah. They're a hell of a lot cheaper than the other ones, too. Like a hundred the, bucks the, cheaper. The VAPs. Yeah. Yeah, those are expensive arrows, those VAPs. Um, oh, man. They're nice, though. I got some upstairs. Check them out. Oh, you, yeah. you obviously checked them out because you, you were going to buy some. But the thing I found with them is they don't stay They don't stay straight very long. Yeah, it's kind of throwing me off the small diameter. Yeah. I don't know. I've never shot them, so I don't know. But... Yeah, like you don't, you're not going to pick up a lot of wind. It's hard to get four veins on those arrows. I mean, you can do it. I had four veins on them. Um, and obviously you have a big, you, you have a insert that, 
you know, it's uh, like a footer type of deal. So. Oh yeah, because it's the external. Yeah, insert. it's an external yeah. external insert. Same as ideas like a footer that uh, that you can get. I mean, it's really good. Like to put a footer on your arrow is a good idea. It sure adds a lot of saves a lot of arrows. Toughens them right up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I was yeah. actually weighing those new ones today trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I grabbed one of my other ones that I don't have any veins or anything off of. Yeah. And the other ones I have, they're carbon weave. So they're a little heavier. I just, I couldn't find what they were per, per inch. So I weighed them and they're only, I think 11, 11 grains heavier total for the arrow. Oh yeah. So it's nice because I'm going to order those, that fact weight system pretty quick here. And I figure I'll be able to put one of those if I can even get a 10 grain weight into the front of that new arrows. I'm gonna be within a grain yeah. of uh total weight there, so it shouldn't change stuff too much. No. So it can kind of, you know, really use those a lot, but it won't really affect if I swap them out, you know, if I'm using different arrows. What's the total even... total grain of your arrows that you're shooting? Actually, it's a little heavier than what I thought. I thought it was in the mid 450s, but I just weighed one tonight and I'm 479. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind like of you, I'm, like you did the math and just figured it out and then you actually weighed it. I've just got a conversion chart. So I've got oh, yeah. a little scale and I just did yeah, it yeah. in grams and I just converted it over. And yeah, it was 479. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't really need to go much heavier, but it's nice that I know that I'm at a spot where I can get within one grain of arrow, you know, especially with these, you know, calibrating um, that site and everything, you know, a grain's not that big of a deal. And it's just one weight in each of my new arrows that That's I don't have tip. in these other ones. Yeah. So yeah, it's just nice to have everything super close. And then it's like, are okay. you going to run the same vein, same broad yeah. head, same everything? Yeah. Yeah. That one green, you're not even going to notice a difference. No. Cause like I've shot, I've shot 25 grain difference and I didn't really notice any difference in the, hmm. from the tape you use. And do you think there'd be any difference because the FOC might change a little bit, even though the green, because like with that carbon weave, the weight yeah. is dispersed over the entire arrow where I'm going to be adding it's those, uh, yeah, the gold tips are just straight carbon. So you're actually going to have like a bit, your FOC changes a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if that would affect the flight or anything, but it'd be interesting just to Well, compare, I mean, your arrow is still weighing this. Essentially, your arrow is still going to weigh the same, right? Yeah. So it's the weight that's going to drop your arrow, not necessarily the FOC. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It'd be, well, it'll be a, a really good comparison. I can literally group with one type, group with the other type. Yeah. See if there is a difference. I can't see it. I don't see it myself. No. But... Just it'll, if there is, it'll just be in the trueness of the arrow. Yeah, and those was, new ones are pretty nice. Like, yeah, those look pretty like, sharp. I like was gonna, the, I when I was down in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago, I was eyeballing those up, and I was like, "Fuck, those look pretty sharp." But oh, they didn't like, have any. They only had four hundred, four hundreds in a bear shaft. So I said, "No." Oh, that sucks. And uh, you're shooting a three hundred spine. Yeah. Yeah. Same with me. Yeah. yeah. Same with most. If you're shooting 70 pounds, I mean, you, depending on your draw length, like you could probably get away with shooting a 340 because you got a shorter draw length. Yeah. But I mean, 300, 300 is good. Yeah. I'm interested yeah. to see 
how those fly because what I'm shooting now are 400. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. See, and you're, you're underspined. Yeah. Yeah. Especially well, the thing is, you were shooting those 400s before, and you were shooting about what, like it's like 56 pounds. 56 like pounds yeah. on that PSE you had. Now you got that RX7, and you're shooting 70 pounds, and that also just the nature of that bow, that uh, that arrow's going a lot faster. I wouldn't oh, yeah. even doubt that you'd be able to see the arrow flight. Like you get used to your arrow flight shooting your old arrows with that bow. I bet you any money if you went down to three hundreds, you'd actually physically see the flight yeah. pattern look nicer. Like just no, streamlined. Yeah. Like there, because mm-hmm. you're gonna have wobble and stuff like that because you're underspined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be, huh? That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. How long have you been shooting? Shooting now? Uh. It's been about three years. Nice. I think I bought my first bow three years ago, and I've shot pretty consistently since then. It's uh, since I moved here, I moved into a condo, so it's kind of limited oh. my shooting. But yeah, still get out, try to at least two, three times a week, go to the range. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. So that's a deep dark rabbit hole. Once you start getting together with other guys who kind of can teach you some stuff. Oh yeah. 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 And that's the thing. Like I've, I thought I knew a little bit and then I started talking to Kevin and realized I know absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's one of those things that I mean, like, you know, like you get talking to guys, like you talk to Greg pool about archery and you're like, like, Holy fuck, man. Like, I don't know anything. I feel like I don't know shit when I talk to that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, and the thing is, it just seems too like archery is just ever evolving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, like that's the yeah. difference between my old bow and this bow. Yeah. Going from the single to the double dual cam. Yeah. Huge difference. Oh, yeah. Cam. Well, and just that bow too. I mean, well, it was the cheapest bow at Cabela's. So. Yeah. But like that, that RX7, it's, it's a nice, smooth shooting bow. It's light. It's the cam systems that the Hoyt has. And then they went to, just the single cables yeah it's pretty nice it's a pretty good setup on your bow pete does it have uh does it have yokes on it or does it have the single cable no. single like cable okay yeah. okay yeah yeah that's yeah. a pretty slick setup uh bowtech I, I had a buddy he a buddy bought it brought his buddy over and uh we were messing around he got a new bowtech and he wanted me to to tune it up for him but uh, i had him shooting through paper Man, that uh, deadlock system is nice. Well, remember I was mentioning that, like just the fact that so many people, as long as you have some instruction, dude, <laughs> as but to that, what and you adjust thing, and like, how it affects. But, anybody oh, yeah. could do it. Like yeah. anybody. It's basically like one one Allen key tightens it and, lo- and locks it, or sorry, locks it and tights it. And then you just reverse it to loosen it. And then you just either, it can only go one one way. It goes like a full turn. And you can actually see the cam move over. And then yeah, you like, could just shoot, right? Do the same to the bottom. And if it's going the wrong way, then you could just like go back. Like, so it's like foolproof for just like, and it doesn't need to be put in a vice. It doesn't need anything. You could just sit there holding your hand and do it. And that's, that's amazing. Especially if you're partway through your season and you're like, shit, something feels out. You go back to shooting paper and do exactly what you just said. And yeah start tinkering yeah. with it or well, even I, learning what it does. Like if you're confident yeah. in turning it, mean like, okay, if I do this and I watch the cams do this, this is what happens to my arrow. Yeah. And yeah. You, and you know, you, you start, start under- understanding what's happening. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
and I feel like a lot of for a lot of guys too, like their rest was just like their first, like that was the scapegoat. So like I'm not yeah. I'm not like I'm, I'm shooting bad at paper. I'm just gonna fuck with my rest yeah. instead of like getting down to like the itty gritty and like ultimately hand torque is gonna have play the biggest effect on yeah. if you're if you're have any like any tear like in b- bad tear left to right tear. It's going to be from hand torque. Yeah. Like even when we shot the paper, when I first started shooting that bow, that's exactly what it was. Right. Because each time it was slightly ripped a different way Yeah, or that all comes down to how I'm holding it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's just reps. I mean, it was earlier in the season. Uh, it, that comes down to just reps and also was a new bow. Yeah. So, uh, like we could shoot again and, and have a look at that. And I also have the shim kit for that, uh, now, but yeah, um, hand torque is huge. If you're not if you're not dead on with your hand torque, then there's no part point of paper tuning. Like bear shaft tuning through paper, fuck me, man. Like that's tough too. Like because you, you better be zero steering. Yeah, everything's gonna be yeah. perfect. And man, like I've I've shot with bear shafts, and it's like man, it's hard to get that thing. Like it'll fly perfect with some steering on it and then as soon as you take those veins off you shoot a bear shaft arrow through paper man it's no matter what it just seems like it's got a little bit of tear it all depends how picky you are too i'm yeah pretty picky about it but but again there'd be the bonus about having being able to totally do all the tuning right there in your hands yeah but versus... and you can only you can only do it so much too on that bow tech like it, it'll only go so much so if if it it's to the point like when we did his his bow the guy that came over when we did his bow we had to crank it all the way one way to eliminate the 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 uh the tear in the paper really yeah now if that so, was if that didn't fix it are you having to pull it apart and putting shims in or is no, it i, I don't I, what do you... dude i i have no idea i can't i don't think you can i think it is what it is i think you like if you had to you could move your rest a bit if you want to but okay then again do you really need to like if you're moving it that much ultimately there's an issue and like we i had them shooting at paper for you know i said take three shots and we'll look and like they're all really similar to this they're the same side so like hand torque he wasn't torquing his bow and like that that bowtech it was uh it's got a huge brace height on it so it's a very forgiving bow um but i mean we moved it right over and like i checked we put it i put his rest right squared his rest right up it was 13 sixteenths and uh we were able to get it just enough to where he was shooting he was shooting bullet holes through the paper but if he would have had to like if he would have had to do any more he would have had to move his rest yeah or start looking at other issues like what's going on with it but i like i checked the cam lean was fine i remember when i put my rest on the new bow last year i had it dialed like it was pretty close and it was like okay i'm gonna do a little bit of shifting with like moving the rest just a tiny bit just to see and then it was like i moved it just enough where it's like no that's more than you know you should have to if it's squared up on there click here and there you know just to kind of get those little micro adjustments out and then it was like it's still after that amount and it it still was happening is like no so i actually brought it back to where it was and took it in and you know we had to get it there was there, a bit of the timing was just a tiny bit off, yeah. not much, but you know, just a little bit. And yeah. Yes. And yeah. I, of... I've never ever liked messing with my rest. 
I've always thought of it as like when it comes, when they design everything in a factory, it's meant to be perfectly square, yeah, perfectly like a T right off the string. So I never ever was a fan of messing with messing with your rest because like like you just said like you gets to like you do it a little bit and then it's like okay not good enough a little bit and all of a sudden you go too far and then like now you're going back the other way and then you've gone too far the other way and then you're like well where the fuck is my starting position yeah yeah so yeah i I took pictures of mine when i got it fixed up and i was like okay this is center this is where the lines are you know and i I think once yeah and i think once i got it back and i i took my errors as many of my errors out as possible because I was shooting a new thumb release. There were so many factors that it could have been. Well, a new bow, I think new I, grip. yeah. And so I think after time, I think after I had enough arrows through, I think I moved it. I can't remember which direction. One click. Yeah. Just because we could see the arrows just weren't quite squared up with where I was shooting from, and that one click, man, corrected everything that was there. It didn't need much. It was just like that teeny tiny little bit yeah yeah so last weekend i was out we were out in rock creek there and i was shooting i was shooting some distances of like 100 140 yards and i had my kid he was video he was filming me and we put him in put one in slow motion it's it's kind of neat you can see you can see the trajectory the arrow has when it comes off the string and then you know 10 yards off the string like Hmm. out of the release you can just see the steering kick and i like it just start steering the arrow instantly it's a pretty cool video I'll yeah show it'd be you. cool to see yeah yeah i like that so dave why don't you uh give the listeners the lowdown on on who the unfamiliar voice is in the background here yeah um my name's dave i met kevin what we meet probably a year ago or so yeah i think yeah. i think i don't even remember how we met it was i think uh, we met through tim actually was it through tim yeah, yeah it could have been so I'm originally from Ontario. I lived just outside Toronto my whole life. My wife and I just moved to Kelowna almost two years ago now. We realized I hate Toronto and I don't want to live near it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we always, we talk about moving out West. Never did it. Got married, bought a house and my wife quit her job and made a joke that we should sell the house and go on a road trip. A week later, we're moving to Kelowna. So we bought a travel trailer, moved out here and kind of dove headfirst into basically anything outdoors. I was always interested in it. Never really grew up with the opportunity to start hunting until about six, seven years ago. Started hunting, realized that uh, most of my life's going to be revolved around this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... So, so where does the hunt in common fit into the picture? Yeah, so uh, the hunt in common is something Ben O'Brien actually started through his podcast, and I kind of got involved in it, trying to help get it started. In Canada here? Yeah, in Canada. Yeah. So it's basically a mentorship group to try to help like-minded people get together and start mm-hmm. hunting, because I'm sure most people listening to this realize that it's really hard to start hunting unless you have somebody that introduce you yeah yeah so, and especially for new hunters and that's kind of what you guys primarily like lean to help in just like the struggle of new hunters getting into it and because i mean it, it you know we, we don't really talk about it as much as other 
podcasts and other platforms, but I mean the you know the three R's recruitment, retention, and what's the other one? I don't I even know. Reactivation. Reactivation. Or like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I I know you guys are, you guys and uh, your kind of thing is just big on recruitment, getting those new hunters yeah. involved into hunting and conservation and keeping them there. Yeah, exactly. So it's basically a whole bunch of Facebook chapters similar to what BHA is. But uh, I've helped set up the Canada chapter. And it's basically a Facebook group that's trying to introduce people from your local area to get people out. Uh, we've managed to help a few people get mentors and get started. Mm -hmm. But it's it's an uphill battle for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. Um, like when you're a hunter and you hunt it's hard to it's hard to like unless you have some connection or bond with somebody like i have no yeah. problem somebody wants to talk um yeah, we you. want to talk hunting i have no problem helping them out you guys somebody needs help shooting her bow absolutely i'll go down the range with you you know i'll give you tips on what to look for when you're hunting you know bear elk or mule deer or, like tell you about your whitetail setup you know things that that I'm familiar with and to the best of my knowledge, I, I think I can help you with, but when it comes down to like, Hey, like yeah. me taking you out, yeah. I mean, you got to get to know somebody. Yeah. It's tough. There's it, like, a lot of yeah. trust involved. If you're going to well, go spend a week with somebody out in the woods, you yeah. want to know that you like the person and they're. Yeah. Well, not only that, like when you take a new hunter out, like I take my kid out last year, um, it takes like, if, if I was to take a new hunter out, it's taken me away from my opportunity to hunt yeah. and I'm kind of a selfish hunter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm, I like, if, if I'm going to go out and just going to go out for the enjoyment of it, then I'm going to go out with some people that I know and we're just going to have a good time. And I love that part of like, I love that aspect of hunting. If I'm going out and being serious, I'm going on a solo hunt Oh yeah. where I have, where it's just me. I don't have to worry about anybody else. You know, if they're, how they're feeling or what they want to do. And I don't have to ask or explain why I think we should do one thing is just get up and go. And, yeah. um, so it, it's, it's definitely hard. I can see it being really hard for new hunters to find mentors, especially if you don't have, like, if you don't have a good father or grandfather, like my kid, I'd, I have absolutely no problem going, taking my kid out because he's my kid. Um, yeah, exactly. you know, and like you and I, were going to go do a turkey hunt. I have, you know, you're coming out with us and that's, that's great. It's going to be a good time. We're having a, we're going to have a, we're going to have a blast chasing birds around and uh, I have no problem doing that. But yeah, man, like when it comes down to, you know, if there's two weeks left of elk season and, you know, I'm, and I don't have an elk yet, I'm, I think I'm yeah. going solo. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely, I can see it being a real struggle for new hunters getting into it and staying into it and not getting discouraged. And that's one thing that, uh, through my experience, like the first year I went out, my wife's extended family took me out. I was interested as a kid, but kind of never got into it. And they got me started. And then through family drama, lost that invitation to go again. So I went out by myself the next year and had a hell of a time in Ontario. Like I had somebody cut down a tree to block my truck in. Really? I had people tell me, like I'm walking down a trail and came up to a camp. And they're like, no, you can't go that way. Even though it's public land, you're allowed to. But everybody just, they're making it difficult, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to find somebody who's actually willing to invest their time in somebody else. Yeah, and that can be really discouraging too. If you're going out as a new hunter and you don't know, I mean, it's intimidating, right? You're going oh, out yeah, you're yeah. going out, and you're seeing guys who've been out there, 
you know, some have been out there their whole lives and they're, they go consistent and all of a sudden they're doing stuff to sabotage you or point you in the wrong direction or doing shit like that. Like, you know, that can be a really mind fuck. And then you're going to sit there and be like, well, man, is this worth it? No, I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather if go watch not, a hockey game. If you're not committed and you don't want to do it. Yeah. Something like that's going to stop you from going out again. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. 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 So, but the hunt coming, it's a lot bigger in the U.S., isn't it? Yeah. There's uh, almost every state has yeah. a chapter. There's yeah. certain states that are bigger, like uh, Wisconsin, California are the two biggest ones. Right. The most happening is happening in those chapters. Right. Gotcha. And, yeah. th- and this all, was it Ben, o- ben O'Brien? Was it him? Is he the one who started or was it started based on his podcast? What was the name of his podcast he had? <sighs> He doesn't have any more. Uh, does he? It's a new one now. It was THC, the hunting, uh, hunting collective, the hunting yeah. collective. Gotcha. So somebody emailed in asking, uh, they had hunted before and they wanted to go bear hunting. Didn't know where to start. So they emailed in asking for somebody to help them. Uh, they emailed Ben. Gotcha. And he read it on his podcast okay. and a whole bunch of people said they'd be help. They'd be willing to help. Oh, okay. So we made a joke about starting regional chapters yeah, and, yeah. I guess a whole bunch of people emailed him and said they're, they'd be willing to help out. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of put out a message, and I emailed because, like, I know what it's like to start and not have anybody help you. Mm-hmm. So I said I'd be willing to help out, and it kind of grew from there. It snowballed from yeah. there. And then, so, so what, you're the president of the Hunting uh, Common I guess it'd be, like, Canada? the chapter leader of chapter, the Hunting Common gotcha. Canada. So yeah. now does Canada have... So in Canada, is it just like Canada's its own chapter? Like, yeah. So there's so, not like BC chapter. No, not yeah, at this okay. point. Yeah, because there's not enough people. Yeah. Yeah. There, so, I think there's as many hunters in like Pennsylvania as there is in all of Canada. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I could guess it's kind of hard to narrow so, like, it down. Primarily, most of the people on it are BC. Oh, right is that now. right? Yeah. Well, that's good. There's really. a good chunk in Ontario, some in Alberta, Manitoba. So I think over time it'll probably evolve to individual provinces. Right, right. As it but, so the people who are becoming members of this, it's just obviously it's a free membership thing. You just yeah, join just join the Facebook page. You gotcha. Um, are they most like primarily new hunters on there, or is there experienced hunters coming in and saying, "Hey, you know, I'll help you"? There's a good portion is new hunters, mm-hmm. but there's quite a few experienced people that have uh, volunteered their time to help out. Right. So I've kind of tried to play matchmaker and set up people that are local to each other. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're just kind of coordinating. If somebody in you yeah, know, somebody in Kelowna says, uh, you know, I, I really want to go spring bear hunting. Um, yeah. Can you exactly. help me out? And you say, yeah, we'll go talk to this guy. Yeah. I get it. Or, and it, it's that's a, a little tough because there's more people that want the help than people. Yeah. Willing to give it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I, I get that. But, you know, the thing is you could always if you get a couple guys in an area, you know, you could, you know, primarily safe, like say for, say there's a couple guys in Kelowna or in the Kelowna area that wanted to go, wanted to learn a little bit about bear hunting. You know, I could take them out on a Sunday afternoon, you know, an evening hunt, just show them a few things, kind of what to look for, what not to look for. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, with bear hunting, there's never really nothing not to look for. It's more areas you're you're looking uh, more than anything. So yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be a week long hunt. It could yeah. be an afternoon, or even just going to the range and shooting your gun or bow together. And yeah, yeah. Just kind of picking their brain and learning, right? Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. And I, I guess too, there's lots of resources out there you can help with 
tell them, okay, well, if you're interested in that, listen to this. And, and that's the thing too. Like, it seems like there's a lot of resources telling you all this information, yeah. but it's one thing to watch mm -hmm. a YouTube video or listen to a yeah. podcast yeah. and actually apply that in the field. Oh is yeah. Yeah. Whole different thing. Yeah. No and different I feel... than field dressing an animal or something. You can watch yeah. it and watch it and watch it until you get your hands in there. Yeah. You know, you got kind of a memory of it, but until you get the muscle memory of actually doing it. Oh, it, yeah. It's yeah. night and day difference. That's like the first time I went bear hunting, I shot a bear and I found it. I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, well, fuck, I just got to get started. Yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. There's and the thing about like, um, the thing about field dressing animals is like, there's no wrong way to do it. Obviously yeah. like the less hair and dirt you get on the meat, yeah. the, obviously the better it is, but you're only going to learn these ways. The more you do it, you find little, you know, little tricks in that. Yeah. And I feel though, like I, the way I was taught to, to skin a deer, I don't do that at all. I kind of do my own method now compared to what, yeah. you know, how my dad taught, taught me yeah. and how my cousins, the more you do me. it, you start finding ways. Yeah. That better and it you. all depends on the, how you hunt too. Like, you know, you don't always have a gamble sitting there where you could bring it to your shop or to your garage and do it there. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it yeah, depends. You start hiking and stuff. Well, you better learn that gutless field dressing method. Yeah. And it, because it's, it's like, easy, yeah. but you just got to do it. I mean, it's a yeah. little intimidating at first, but yeah. once you do it, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Or you do it and you're like, wow, it, it looked easier on yeah. your YouTube video or whatever. But you go back yeah. and watch some of that stuff or ask some questions after you've done it yourself and be like, oh, okay, I forgot that step or I didn't do that. And that's why it was a little harder to do whatever, whatever you did. Yeah. Well, and, and then, then too, you do it a dozen times. Yeah, well, exactly. You're right, Pete. But the thing is, and then you do it a couple of times a dozen times and then you're like you know what i don't like doing it that way i like doing yeah. it this way yeah because it's just easier for me to do it this way right maybe you're left-handed or maybe you know, maybe you're not as strong as somebody else to hold that yeah. leg up you just realize make this one cut before you do this part yeah. and it makes yeah. a huge difference yeah and the thing is like with it like i i dress all my animals like that doesn't matter if i'm fight like why it's bare you know what i mean like we were we were pretty damn close to the truck i still we still did it that way like down oh yeah we still did it we still did you know we didn't take the whole thing on we did the gutless method and to, for me that's just it's just way easier you yeah. can leave everything there right yeah like, that's what i did with my bear last spring that was the first time i ever mm -hmm. did the gutless method and it was nice yeah and see the thing is like i know guys like i have friends who absolutely they will not do that no way yeah they'll, they'll figure out a way they'll cut trees down to haul that fucking deer or elk or any whatever it is they're shooting moose, they'll haul it two kilometers with winches and cables and come alongs through bush just to get it to the truck to get it yeah. back to some place to hang it to yeah. take the hide off it and get right. the, it. Seems like it's less work doing it in your garage, but by the time you factor all that in, you've been done by now. Oh man, totally. Well, that's just it for me. It's it's totally situational. I've got a winch deck and everything for my, my truck. I've got snatch blocks for if it's like, it's right over there, but I just need to, you know, tie a snatch block onto a tree and just get, drag it this way and then straight into the truck. Yeah. But yeah, if it's going to be hours and hours, it's like, there's no point. I'm already packing by the time it's there and it's already done. Once it's in the truck, it's done. It's ready to hang by the time you get home. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Like, I just love how it's just done. So like yeah. you could stack it, hang it in your garage 
put a fan on it. Like it's hard. Like with spring bear, we talked about last year, Pete, um, I had fly, I got maggots and a lot of my meat. Right. Um, and it's, it's tough with spring bear. If you don't have a place cool to store, especially what I find with bear meat, bear meat, especially is cause it's, a, it's, it's a fatty, it's fatty. Yeah. And I find it really hard to, to cool fast enough, um, to get it. Uh, what did you, so it must've been warm as hell where you guys were hunting. There must've been a shit ton of flies up there. Uh, it wasn't too bad. Actually. I shot my bear in the late afternoon and when we were tracking it, we kind of bumped it. So we left it for the night. Yeah. And I, by the time we drove back to that area the next day, hiked in, it was probably after 12 that we got to it and it was fine. Right. So yeah. walk us through the hunt. So, well, not the hunt, but just walk us up to, yeah. to where you, you, you seen the bear and you shot it. So we were just driving a logging road and yeah. we stopped and we we're glassing an old burn and we saw two bears, maybe two and a half K in. Yeah. So we've found a way to hike in downwind. And as we came into the burn out of the trees, I noticed there was a bear, maybe 300 yards to our left. Yeah, As usual, it usually happens yeah. that way. So, and I was hunting with a bow and the guys I was with had guns. So I said, I'll go try to shoot this bear. And then yeah. we're not going to scare the other bears away mm-hmm. and we can go there. So it was pretty open. So I found just kind of a piece of deadfall and kind of kept mm-hmm. me between the bear, kept it, kept it between us and just slowly crept my way into, I was at 41 yards, made the shot. And he was slightly quartering to me a little bit more than I realized. Right. So it was kind of slightly back further than I would have liked, uh-huh. but still a good, decent shot. Yeah. And it ran uh, kind of rolled, ripped the arrow out, yeah. went behind some trees, and I was at about 60 yards there, just kind of watching. And then he took a step out. I took another shot, and it was low, hit him kind of, in, I guess, the calf area. Yeah. Right. And then he Cut took off wrist. from there. And then we waited 45 minutes, an hour. And as maybe 50 yards from where we started tracking him, uh, I seen him get up and kind of just walk away, oh, yeah. didn't run or anything. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of slowly tracked him, got to the point where you're laying on your stomach looking for blood. So you're finding pin drops. Yeah. And once it hit that point, I realized like, we're going to back out. I don't want to keep pushing them because yeah. especially now that blood's limited. So yeah. we're just going to kind of be walking through. Yeah. And the so. thing with, with tracking bears is too, they got really long fur. So if they're walking and it just seems to absorb that blood. So, so if they're moving at all at any steady pace, you're going to get very little. doesn't mean that they're not hit good. It just, yeah. if they're walking, you're going to get very little blood drops or anything. And then when they stop all of a sudden, then you'll get like a whole bunch. You're like, what the fuck? Oh, what's, yeah, what's going on? From the beginning, there's tons of blood. Yeah. And then it kind of just hit a point where it's just those little yeah, drops. Yeah, and then that's what I find. Just because their hair is so thick that it just absorbs so much of that blood. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally find the animal, you're like, and then you can see where he slowed down. All of a sudden, you're getting bigger and bigger piles of blood. And then you find him piled up. And you're like, holy, that was a good shot. But yeah. just, they're they're tough animals to begin and with. And even from where we saw the last blood, we went back and we kind of spread out 25, 30 yards apart and just kind of walked through. And as just looking, I saw a spot where I'm like, if I was shot, I'm running through those yeah, bushes. Yeah. It was the most clear path. And it kind of went to a gully down to a river and maybe a hundred yards from where we found last blood he was piled up right yeah, there yeah so, right on yeah, yeah. cool that yeah, was your sometimes first bear? You just, 
is uh my second bear oh, first yeah. first with a bow yeah so, yeah so what what was what was the lure to bow hunting bear uh with me hunting in ontario their seasons work october 1st to december 31st mm-hmm. you can hunt with a bow Mm-hmm. and the rifle season is two weeks long yeah, yeah. so as it should be yeah just to extend my season and yeah. once you start shooting a bow and get the hang yeah. of it you get addicted to it yeah, yeah. It's fun. oh yeah man oh yeah yeah you do it's hard to explain it's hard to explain like the addiction you get to shooting your bow and it's not just like bow well, like bow hunting is that's the end game that's the end yeah. goal why you're doing all this stuff is to be a better bow hunter but it's just the process. Like for me, it's the process you fall in love with. It's like shooting, like, like just talking about archery. Like Pete and I, we talk every day about archery, bow oh, hunting. Yeah. And like, that's like my whole life evolves around bow hunting and archery. And yeah, it's for me, it's, it's just the process is the reason I love bow hunting so much. It's, oh, yeah. it's the day in the day out, like even like working out, like for me, if you're going to be a more effective bow hunter, the better shape you're in. It's only going to help you. Like, is it necessary? No, it's not necessary at all. Is it going to hurt you or slow you down at all? Absolutely not. It's going to help you. Definitely. In my opinion, it's definitely going to help you. I like the one-on-one. You know what I mean? It's like you're saying, it's it's not you versus someone else, except for the Bighorn 3D shoot. I'm coming (laughs) at you. It's okay, Pete. I'm going to win, so. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We've got three-way here. That's good. Um, But I, I like that daily thing. Like, whether... You know, it's a long day at work and it's like, okay, I want to go shoot my bow still. You're a little more fatigued, maybe your back sore, leg sore, whatever. You still have to battle through that. And you have to find ways to keep your technique as perfect as possible. And that's what I like about it is every day is a little different, whether it's wind, whether it's cold, uh, whether you're just tired from daily life and being able to to battle through that and still make those consistent shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I like to getting golf. bad habits. And I find it very similar to golf in a way where if you, when you go to hit your shot, if you aren't focused, right, it's not going to work. Yeah. We hear, we hear that a lot from like, I I don't golf for me. If you said, let's go golfing, I said, no, I'm going to go shoot my bow. Like I'll drink beer and drive the cart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for, we hear that a lot from like, even guys I talk to, like, it's like golf. Um, You know, you need the same, you need the same focus, but it, it like, like you were just to add to what you're saying, Pete, it's, it's every day is different. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you can challenge yourself in so many different ways every day when you're shooting your bow. And it's something like for me is like, I can shoot every single day. I can shoot my bow every single, and I do shoot my bow every single day. And you don't get bored of it. No, I never get bored of it. And it's not something where it's like, well, I can go to the range once a week or I can go to the range after work if I'm lucky with with archer like with shooting my bow i could shoot it every day i could shoot it in my garage i could shoot it in this room realistically right you can put a target yeah. up there shoot in my room yeah. um and it's just getting those reps and that's all it is is muscle memory but like to keep adding what you're saying pete um yeah like you have a bad day and you're fatigued and like you can go through like there's so many variables to it and those are so similar to like hunting situations where like you had yeah. a hard day at work or like it's windy like when it's windy i go outside right away and i shoot my bow I love it, right? I love shooting in high wind just to see what impact it has on my arrows and like, yeah. you know, your holdover and like everything. I just love all those little, you know, those little 
um, there's little facets of it. It's just that's yeah. real world. You know, you got yeah. your bear at 41 yards, but it's blowing super hard. Be like, okay, I've been here before. I've done this shot yeah. a thousand times yeah. in the backyard or at the range or whatever. And that's the nice thing about going out yeah. when it's not nice out is you're, you're prepped mentally for that. I mean, you're not going to shoot if you're not 110% sure anyway, but you can sure make it a lot more often where you feel 110%. You're going to make that yeah. shot yeah. by it's practicing in those conditions. Building the confidence so that when you're in those situations, you know how you're going to shoot, mm -hmm. how the arrow is going to react. Yeah. And confidence is everything too. If you don't, if you're not confident in your shot, if you're capable of shooting, you're, you're, you're fucked like that. And that's yeah, where yeah. it comes down to putting in the time and doing the reps like and over and over and over. So it's second nature. Like yesterday, like I was outside shooting at a target and I couldn't even see my target and I was out shooting at it, but I've shot that target a thousand times from there. I could all, I, I would, I would feel comfortable shooting it with my eyes closed. Yeah. Just because I've done it so many times. But, and then what, like, you build that comments. Like, when I go hunting, I have zero thoughts. I, there's not a shot scenario that I would feel like that I would take where I don't feel comfortable shooting it at all. Yeah. Like, none. Yeah. But I make right. sure through, uh, through the entire year that I do, that I do those reps and I put myself in different situations, high wind, uphill, downhill, like, yeah. like over and over roof, and over. Shooting off the roof of your house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again yeah. throughout the year. So when it comes down to you're only taking one shot when you're hunting is one shot and you shoot thousands and thousands of arrows in, in different scenarios all year. And it comes down to one shot. You want to make sure you're, oh, yeah. you're confident, number one, to take yeah. that shot. And two, you're going to kill the animal because it sucks when you put all that time in and then Oh yeah. You know, you, you miss or you blow it or, you know, something you just, there's some, there's, you, and then after you're feeling like, oh man, I wish I would have did this. Or I wish I would have, you're kind of second guessing yourself. Of like if I've only, I would have shot a little bit more. If I only, I would have shot into some windy situations. If only I would have shot, um, at, with some elevation or just put myself in different scenarios throughout the year. So you wouldn't have missed. Yeah. That's why I'm excited for that, uh, bighorn 3d shoot. So yeah. I've never done one, so I think that's going to be a huge... It's a blast. ...asset in those realistic shots, right? Because yeah. it's one thing to go to the range and shoot the 3D target when there's no pressure, nobody's watching. Yeah. So. Oh, believe me, there's going to be pressure. Yeah, and see, <laughs> that, and the thing about the 3D, too, is, like, when you get you, you get into it, you get a little competition going, yeah, it's uh, it's because Pete and I, for the first day, we didn't shoot together, and we shot together on the second day yeah um so. usually the first day i'm going around with the rest of our group like we're sending everybody out first making sure everything's running smooth and you know water's on the course for everybody all that kind of stuff we'll yeah. usually just go shoot together and then the day after everything's already set it's kind of good and then yeah we get to kind of split off and kind of go with whoever then so yeah yeah, yeah no it's, it's kinda, a good time yeah you're gonna yeah. have you're gonna have and you will time. and you will face shots you're going to be scratching your head with and being like this sucks but it's like yeah. it is a legitimate and that's how we set them up this is a legitimate shot that you will face at one point in your lifetime when you're out hunting you know why the hell would they put that target there with that branch there well yeah because that branch is going to be there and that animal is yeah. going to be there in real yeah. life well you exactly. got to figure out how to get around it yeah you know it's and a it, doable shot there's never an impossible shot it's not yeah. like that but it's like there's shit in your way yeah, without a yeah. doubt. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's, what's important about learning arrow path and doing all of them. 
it goes back to just being confident with your shot, putting that. And the thing is, like you're saying, maybe there's some stuff that you just, you're unaware of, right? You haven't been in it. Like you haven't, you haven't done enough bow hunting yet where you haven't fucked up. So you are just unaware of the situation in a 3d tournament like that, especially like the big horn that, you know, how difficult is it? It's, you know, it's up and down. So there's a lot of thick, a lot of thick shit in there. Um, and fuck man, there's a lot of mosquitoes and it's, it's great. It's a good time, man. Like you put yourself into real world, like real hunting situations. Yeah. And, like I, there's been huge. lots of times I was like, man, I, I know this shot because I've done this. I fucked this shot up before <laughs> I've had this shot. Like not obviously yeah. not on a 3d caribou that's sitting there, but I've had that shot in a bear and I, I blew it terribly. Um, so, but if you don't, if you haven't gone through that process, these 3d, 3d shoots are great for just understanding and like i mean it's better to miss on a 3d target and then you know and it's nice because with a 3d with the big horn you can do a loop and then fucking do it again yeah do you know what i mean like you know what that was fun and you know what i want to work on a bunch of stuff i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna quickly run through that again by myself and just yeah you you mess up a shot you start thinking about it Mm -hmm. and figure Mm -hmm. out what you did well and then you also you know it's one thing to to do a shot and, and then screw it up but then to do it again and get it right. And then you can kind of start yeah. to put the pieces together mm-hmm. of, you know, what, ha- where, what I did wrong and what I did right. And then, but now, you know, right. So now when you're out deer hunting and you see a, you know, five, five point whitetail walking in front of you and you could just think back to that situation. You just, you, you had last summer at the 3d shoot. Yeah. You're going to, you know, you're going to be able to put the pieces together and hopefully make a good clip kill on that. another thing you mentioned there that I don't think a lot of people think of a lot of people will be like, oh, there's too many mosquitoes or bugs out. I don't want to go shoot. No, yeah. get your ass out. Yeah. Because depending on where you are in the province, that first week of our like archery season in BC is super short. Guess what? You're getting swarmed by mosquitoes. And well, and, and I don't think like, any like though that stuff that's it you like it's like it's like ticks. It's like if you're afraid of ticks, yeah, but you love spring bear hunting, yeah, you got an issue, right? Like it's like being like, it's like being a you firefighter be- and you're afraid of the fire like mm-hmm. or a scuba and, diver you better afraid be able of water to- like you, you're gonna you're in the bush there's gonna be bugs oh absolutely like but you better be able to keep your concentration when you're at full draw mm-hmm. and that mosquito is chowing down right underneath your eye or on yeah. your nose and you're watching it and be like just just suck it out just take it you know like it's <laughs> yeah. but you better yeah. that's yeah, that's, that's yeah. why i yeah. like some of those 3d shoots when you're when you're in the summertime and yeah. stuff like that is because you have to deal with that and it's a yeah. it's a preparation for it yeah when i was caribou hunting um when i was caribou hunting in september man i i would be standing there and i'd have there was so many flies they were covering my eyelids they were everywhere like you couldn't man like and i didn't have a net for my head like if you stop moving once oh yeah like to glass, like you'd be glassing, there'd be flies swarming around in your cups, your of your binos. Like you'd have to pull them off and like fuck. Like you get them, like you'd be stuck in your eyes, you'd be pulling them on your eyes and your ears. Like, that's but crazy. That, but it's just that's part of being out in the outdoors. Like that, there's fly, yeah, there's flies yeah. out there. Like you know, yeah. I mean, you go outside, cut your grass, there's flies. So yeah, I mean, there's no way around it. You're gonna have to deal yeah, with you'll it. You have soon. to deal with it, and if you can't deal with it, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. Go insane. Yeah. You're late yeah. season yeah. hunting. <laughs> yeah yeah late late season yeah, but late, then late. then you're complaining people are like it's well too it's cold. too cold yeah yeah, yeah. so when, yeah. go watch watch it on tv i guess and say man that sure looks fun yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
Yeah, one thing when you do come down, bring a thermosel. I know Kevin's oh, yeah. bringing one this time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I got one. one. I'll yeah. bring it. Yeah, yeah huge was, difference. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. So uh, we got a turkey hunt coming up. Like I already mentioned, you're coming turkey hunt with us. It's going to be a good time. We got uh, we got Kazi, and I think I've told the story about like Kazi's turkey hunting episodes. Kazi's Kazi was actually the very first person on this show. He was the was very first episode was one, it? and it's funny because it doesn't show up now when you when you scroll through it's them. A, I don't think I've listened to that one. No, so. it doesn't show up. I don't know if it's too old and they archived it. Because it was a long time ago now. Um, Even on the far- website? Yeah. Well, the, the website goes through uh, Waypoint, right? Yeah. So web, when you click on the podcast, or like when you listen through the po- to the podcast through the website, it, you're basically just, it, it's going gotcha. through the, the Waypoint platform. But they don't have, they didn't have number one, so they must be archiving those old issues because now I notice they don't have one through it's on number seven it started because i looked i looked a couple hmm. weeks ago oh, okay so i'll have to start i mean i have the, i have them obviously recorded but um yeah i think you'd have to put it out as like a bonus episode or something anyway it doesn't really matter it was yeah, like yeah. it was the episode number one it wasn't very good but um <laughs> uh so he's coming on he's coming on the hunt with us and we're taking wyatt yeah um so it's, it's gonna be a good time yeah i'm excited yeah uh now Kazi, like I said, he's he's something else to hunt with. You're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of laughs. I mean, yeah. uh, I've I've already told the story, both stories about the last couple um, turkey hunts we've been on, and I think I just told. Did I tell the story? I must have told the story on the podcast about him chasing a turkey that he shot. He fell asleep in the blind. He shot. He shot. The, he woke up and there's turkeys in front of him and he panicked and he did a bad <laughs> shot oh. and he was racing after the turkey and he broke his hand. So, oh. and then there was another one and he got charged by, what did he get charged by the cougar on the turkey hunt or was that another time? Fuck man. I can't remember. Anyway. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get him back on the show when we're up there and we're going to get him to replay. It's going to be R rated. Cause there's every second <laughs> word that comes out of that guy's mouth is, is a swear word or it's a yeah. four letter C word. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's going to be pretty, but it's going to be a blast, man. We're going to have a lot of fun now. Um, so you think you're going to go with your bow or you probably won't be set up by then. If you depends even... on if I'm set up, I'll, I'll bring my shotgun no matter what. Anyway. Yeah. We'll bring your bow anyway, because yeah. I mean, you can shoot, Yeah, you can exactly. shoot down her, but yeah, bring your shotgun. Yeah um uh, Kazi, he'll be hunting with a shotgun now i'm trying to talk wyatt into shooting with his bow but he wants to use a 410 for some reason he told me he was uh gonna try out his bow when we were at the range yeah a couple weeks ago, yeah so. well we so he set a new bow up and he he wanted to uh he wanted to build a new bow so i said okay well i gave him the I, we there was a, a bear riser and then we got some limbs off a of psc and then we put um the same cams that were on those limbs and we we built him a bow, so it's all done now. He's shooting last weekend, so I don't know. I I, I don't know if he's uh, if he's going to shoot his bow or not. We'll see. I mean, it's it's funny. Like he wanted to shoot his bow a month ago, and he hasn't been shooting. You telling me about yeah. that, yeah. and I've been bugging him. I'm like, well, dude, you, like we got to get you set up here with some broad. And I would just put oh, I would just put one of those Grim Reaper broadheads on him on for yeah. him, right? Good enough uh but I, I just don't know if he's been shooting enough maybe this weekend he'll he'll uh get everything 
yeah everything dialed in but uh it'll be interesting to see what it's like. there's a lot of snow up there so is there yeah yeah but i mean there's different there's there's a lot of other areas we can go in yeah like my turkey experience is hunting a hundred acre farm so it's yeah it's gonna be quite different yeah and we had mark on last episode uh and i mean mark he wrote the book on turkey hunt so we talk he talks a lot about turkey hunt decoys now i have decoys i've decoys never worked for me so um i don't know if we're gonna use those and i we're kind of we'll kind of see what it's like uh most of the time it's just like a run and gun type of thing i got i got some decoys i'll bring too yeah nice to have have them and not use them versus just yeah Yeah, mine are already up there i've got uh i've got i've got some good ones there and kazi has got uh he's got a bunch as well so um yeah i was trying to get pete down for it but he's too busy next year i i hope so yeah yeah yeah. it'll be this year yeah it's tough and like i know like man you get a lot of like i know my mom's always like oh you should like we got these friends they want to get into turkey hunting they listen to the podcast and they really want to come out and like uh, i'm like well tell them i don't know like i'm not taking them out like don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you're uh, only going to get out so many times as it is well yeah. and yeah and like I, I don't want 30 people down here showing up expecting me to take them out turkey hunts like mom you know I, yeah. I understand the fact that you yeah you you like telling everyone that there's turkeys yeah. yeah but first of all they're not easy no like no. that first year i went turkey hunt man i fuck i didn't even get a turkey how and long i went how long have you been turkey hunt now oh man we started hunting like turkeys in like 2015 or 16 and the first year i didn't get one and then i got one every year since then yeah but i mean man the first year and a half was a real struggle i mean it's still a struggle now it's it's not easy like nobody rolls in like why it does and yeah. you know he yeah. gets an opportunity on three birds opening morning and he misses all three and then we go out for the afternoon hunt and he gets a nice looking tom it's like yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice if only it was always like that yeah, yeah and he's like i remember we're driving away and he's like oh this is it's not so hard it's like the hardest thing is getting up early in the morning it's like, i always you. joke oh. that i'm a terrible turkey hunter but i'm really good at scaring birds away <laughs> yeah 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 so but it, it'll be fun um yeah, we just got to get on them, and there's a lot of areas down there that have hold a lot of birds, and there's a lot of snow, and it all depends how much pressure they get because there is quite a bit of turkey hunters in, two, in certain areas. Like, it's kind of spotty. You go into an area where there's lots of birds. There's also a lot of guys. Not a lot of guys, but just enough where it's, like, competition. Yeah. And competition sucks when you're turkey hunting. And yeah. there used to be a guide down there. Um, oh, man, I can't remember the name of the outfit. Kettle River Outfitters or Kettle Valley Outfitters? And they used to operate, uh, they, they would sell the turkey hunts hmm. and we had, we would always bump into him out there. And it's funny, like a couple of times he was out with clients and man, we got some dirty looks when we're out there hunting birds. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he did like, we're in the same areas and yeah. like he's selling these hunts for 3000 bucks or whatever, however, however much yeah. a turkey hunt goes for. Joe and Blow's it, sitting there under a tree calling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're sitting there calling away. Like how many times did we, were we calling when. You know, they're probably like, oh, shit, there's a bird right yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's the nature of it, right? I mean, it's public land, anybody. It's all, yeah. yeah. And especially close to Kelowna, yeah. it's going to be busy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, think Richard it, Richard Tipper's coming down my way here. Oh, is he? Um, is it next week? Next week, I think. I got to check the date there. Yeah, he messaged me the other day. So he's heading south closer to where Mark is and stuff like that. Somewhere down there anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he messaged me too asking uh, 
he said he wanted to come and do a workout and shoot some arrows. Oh, right on. I said, yeah, let's do it. So, so maybe he's going to stop by then on the way up. He said he was going to come come through the golden area. So I'm not sure. Oh, because if he's coming, because he, that's easier for me to meet up with him. Other, because if he goes through you, it's probably easier to go the southern route. I would think. Yeah, maybe he doesn't know. He, the best is to go through Revelstoke. Yeah, but then you have to go through Golden anyway. That's what I mean. But for you, like if he like maybe he's thinking. No, but for me, it's still to come to you. It's easier to go. Is it? Yeah, it's it's oh, quicker. Yeah. It's quick, way yeah. quicker to go through Revelstoke Golden. Oh, okay. Down, down. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, uh, he said he's coming down, and uh, Richard, he's been on the show twice now. Um, yeah. So he's, uh, I think he's the president. Or he's affiliated with the Canadian Wild Turkey Federation because that's how oh, okay. I met him. I when I first reached out to talk to, I wanted to talk to somebody in the Canadian uh, Wild Turkey Federation regarding uh, turkeys. They sent me Richard's contact information. Okay. Um, so right yeah, he's he's a good shit. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have a have a couple of drinks with them or whatever on his way through. And oh, you guys aren't doing the workout and shooting your bows. <laughs> I'll be working as he's driving by, so I'll try to get off early and go for a drink. Oh, okay. We'll work out later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you'll take a nap after a few beers. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. I like yeah. I love my afternoon naps. Yeah. I've been getting them this week so far, though. It's kind of a rip off. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, you got a marathon coming up? Yeah, my first fifty uh, k. This is your first fifty k. Yeah. I've, I've not never, that I, I've never I've never done. I've never. I did like cross country in elementary school, but that's about it. Right. I ran a tough mother once, but it's in May. May seventh, yeah. So I think we're like 31, 32 days out. Yeah, How's the training close. going? Uh, pretty good. Like I'm it's starting. Good. My longer runs are starting to feel a lot better. So what? So, what kind of? So leading up to this, what kind of uh, longer runs are we talking about? So usually I'll run three, four times a week. Uh. Two or three of those are anywhere from nine to about 15K yep. in a go. And then on the weekend, uh, I've done a couple of half marathons, then like plus working out. Right. Like so weights. a half marathon is, uh, what's that, 12 uh, 20, miles? 21K. 21K. Okay. Yeah, I think it's 13 miles. Yep. Then this weekend, I got my... <laughs> it's pete so people who, who are listening to this pete's sitting on the other side dave and i are sitting in the same room and we're looking at a computer screen and, and pete's just sitting there with disgust on look on his face i feel like vomiting <laughs> right now i run with a smile on my face the whole entire time. Do you? i bet you no. do god no. <laughs> yeah no. there's another miserable runner right there hey i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i haven't that i'm not saying there isn't because I know, I at least know of one guy who <laughs> runs with a legit smile on his face. You can't yeah. take anything away from him. But no. I mean, that guy's just, he's just a happy dude. Yeah, man. He's a good shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this weekend I'm going to run a 30 K and over the next two weeks, I'm going to increase my volume up to about 60 kilometers a week running. Right. And then lifting weights on other days. And then I'll start tapering off for the last couple of weeks. Tapering off. So I'll start, I'll be running like about 60 kilometers in a week. Then I'll go down to like 40. And then the week leading up, I'll probably do like 20, 25. So, so explain that because like, wouldn't you want to go the opposite way? See, the point of the taper is, so when you come into race day or whatever competition it is, you're going to be more rested 
because if I'm running 60K the week of and then I try to go run 50K, my legs are going to be fatigued. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be feeling good. Like you want to go into that weekend feeling mm-hmm. good. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you'll still be out running, but you're not going to go do the 20, 30 K runs mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll go yeah. out and do, yeah. do eight or 10 at a easy, low yeah. intensity. Yeah. See, that I understand sense. the, the principle, like the premise of the, the, of the taper. It just goes against everything that I understand about, exercising whereas you go hard as you fucking can yeah until you fall over or it's, yeah. or it's like it's game day yeah yeah like i i see what you're getting at but in at least through the research i've done and my experiences when i take that little bit of time off your fitness is still going to be there right but you're just going in with fresh legs right gotcha so yeah see and like wouldn't that be though wouldn't it be if you trained harder that your legs are just going to be like, they'll just be like calluses on your hand and they just don't give a shit. They could just pow- power through that. See, that, that, yeah. that that's what I'm th- talking about. Like, this is how I look at stuff. So, like, I got a 100-kilometer race coming up in August. I can't even run yet. It's probably still another month and a half away till I can run. I was kind of thinking that I was just going to get my wife to drop me off 100 kilometers out of town every day yeah. and I got to run back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, like, it, if I was running... <laughs> like 7500 k in a week then i wouldn't be too worried about the taper mm-hmm. where like i started i ran a decent amount last year but in january i started my training for this and i was running 5k at a time right and just slowly increasing mm-hmm. the volume so that my body's adapting to it and not i don't like using the word overtraining because most of overtraining is not eating enough and not sleeping enough in my opinion right but if you just try to jump into it without that base, then it's going to be a rough go. Right. Well, yeah. and see, that's, I went to the doctor a couple of days ago and Pete and I were talking about it. And like, I did the fall up on my knee and she, she kind of went over again what she did. And she's like, and I was like, well, I have a little bit of pain here, but like, I, I understand there's pain and I'm fine with the pain. I just, I want to know the threshold of where I, I'm going to fuck it up again, or I can just like, push through it she's like at this point you can just push through it you got you can train light to you can train light to you know start training light yeah. to medium and then so her and i started getting into a conversation of like my idea of light to medium and yeah. her idea yeah. of light to medium Very and different they were completely fucking <laughs> yeah. different yeah. my idea of light to medium compared to her idea of light to medium but also like compared to the average person you train a hell of a lot harder than an average person right so you're your medium is somebody's like, holy shit, I can't keep this up for more than a week, right? Um, well, his light yeah, is yeah. more than most people can keep exactly. up with. Yeah. Well, and she was saying that like three to five days for, is is a, is a like, that's an effective way to train. And I was like, three to five days. And she, I was like, and then just like talking about like what she does for training. Because I told her, I'm like, well, I get up early in the morning and I. Uh, right now obviously i can't run and i do what i can i can start biking again which is nice and then um then i lift weights every single day and i'm like but like on a normal day i'd i'd get up and i'd run for an hour or i'd bike for two hours and then i lift weights every day i lift weights for two hours and i go to work and she's like what do you yeah. do for work and i said well i'm a bricklayer and she's <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah but you've you've built up that over years 
So now your body, that's, that's normal for your body. Yeah. And right? see, that's that. So I just do that every day and I feel totally fine. Like I don't, I don't get, my muscles don't get sore. And like, obviously when I work out, I get tired. Right. I, um, but I don't like the, I can go to work or I can go to work and be come home from work and I'm fine. I'm not t- tired. I'm not fatigued. And I get like six, a good night of sleep for me is six hours a night sleep. Yeah. But I don't know if I've just been doing this for so long that my body's just so used to it and it's fine now. So that's kind of where I'm like, I'm thinking about this race and I kind of like, for me, I'm just like, well, why the fuck wouldn't I just keep pushing it? Why wouldn't I just run hard as I can till the day before the race? Yeah. Like, uh, I see your point, but I just think come race day, you're not going to be at a hundred percent, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to, you might feel good because you've been training hard as hell, but you're only going to be at 80% because you've just, you haven't allowed yourself to rest and recover a little bit. Like I, so I just went to, I was back in Ontario for the weekend. So I was kind of off training for three, four days and my run today felt way better than it did last week right? because I had a little bit of time off. My legs felt great. Even like, my lungs felt great. I didn't feel like I was getting gas as much where if you're doing it day in and day out, like you're slowly chipping away at it. Right. Uh-huh. So at least that's for me, but at the same time, everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, for sure. Yeah. No, I'm just kind of over these. Cause like, I figure when I first start being able to run, I'll be able to run on the treadmill or the truck somewhere. There's like low impact. Obviously I'm not going to be able to run, start yeah. running on the, on the, on the road right away. Um, so my plan is like, I have no idea. Like the last time I went for a run, I think it was like August 31st. I actually, I know it was August 31st cause I was looking through and I was trying to figure out when I made a video, a post for, yeah, for Pete right. of me smiling. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And it was just yeah. a light run. Cause I was going out. I was yeah. just going out, uh, on a mule deer hunt. So I went for a light run. It was like five kilometers and that's the last time I ran. So when you start running, how long are you going to try to run for? Till my knee gets to the point where it's like I can keep going, or I I gotta like that's this is the whole it, it, this is where it's a real struggle for me because normally like if my knee was fine and I was gonna go in it I would just go until I fell off the fucking treadmill yeah until like fell over off the treadmill I would just run until I couldn't run like literally couldn't run anymore but with my knee it's to the it is where it's like because and this has already happened where it's I was feeling really good and training with Wardo. I was training and training. He's like, okay, like tomorrow do this weight. And I was like, well, fuck it. I did one rep. I did one set with that weight. And I was like, oh, this feels great. And I, so I grabbed the, grabbed the next, the higher weights, right. Then the, the dump, the kettlebell one step higher. Yeah. And I was doing it, doing it. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, fuck. It does. Something doesn't feel right. Right. I felt in my knee. So I didn't do any more. I told him, he's like, oh, so I go home. Ice my knee, go to bed, wake up, and it's like a fucking balloon. Might <laughs> swollen. And I was like, dude, my knee's like a balloon. He's like, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. You listen. In my and so that's the point where like it's a real juggling act because it's frustrating because I don't get to train the way I want to train. Yeah. Because I got to be really cognizant of like I don't want and like I don't know how long that threw me back. Like maybe I'd be running right now if I didn't have that if I didn't push it that one day and I would just listen to him and gradually got to the point of where I needed to be. I would probably be running right now. Yeah. But that, you know, that whole thing set me back. Like my whole, my leg was swollen for a few days 
and like so that right there that could have been the two weeks yeah. or more so, in, yeah. in my experience you don't want to end every workout absolutely crushed because you're just slowly beating yourself down where like obviously you need to have those workouts where you're pushing past the limit of what you thought you were capable of doing to grow that yeah, ability but yeah. if you're doing that every single workout i think you're doing more harm than you are good yeah yeah, yeah. see like i don't get I don't, obviously every workout's not like that. Like you yeah. can't work out every, but like the workouts that aren't like that for me, I feel like I, I let myself down. Like I feel I'll go to bed and feel guilty. Be like, fuck, you know what? There was, I had a shitty, you could have done a few morning. more reps or a few more sets yeah. or I could have did this. I could have did that. And like, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's hard right now because we're really busy. Like things are getting busy at work. So, I mean, like I got to be out the door by like six 30 in the morning. So like to try to get, to try to ride the bike for an hour yeah and then to try to get a you know then try to get like an hour hour and a half workout in plus like a like i try to get more stretching and now with my knee and stuff and work on the flexibility because that's one thing that i just hadn't been able to do right because they're so limited with what i could do with my knee yeah. it's really hard to get like i have to really get back into that back into that routine of like getting up at like like it's so easy like even like your my my alarm clock goes up three fifteen. It's like three fifteen, and it's like okay, it's snooze button, and you're like, you lay there, and you're like, holy fuck, this bed feels pretty good, and you're like, yeah. okay, well, and then like yeah. fifty, you lay there for fifteen minutes, you're like, I, I got to get the fuck out of bed here, yeah, right, and then you have a coffee, right, and all of a sudden now you're fifteen minutes behind here, right, and then you're like, oh, you're just a little bit slow here, oh, I just got to answer this one email, right, and all of a sudden you're twenty minutes behind, and yeah. then like. Now you're getting the, now you're 20 minutes behind and lifting weights. And it's like, well, fuck now I got to cut two reps out or cut two something out. And then that's when it, for me, that's when I'm like, fuck, I, I, uh, I didn't have a good workout today. Cause I like leave. I like when I, when I go to work, I like feeling like I'm fucking exhausted. I'm like, okay, that feels good to yeah, me. I had feel a like good you've work. done something. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, the big thing to avoid feeling like you've haven't got the workout you wanted out of it is having a program that's designed right so yeah, that if yeah. you're following that program you might not feel completely exhausted afterwards but if you're following the program and it's done properly yeah and see i have no be making, program yeah yeah i have no program i'll just go down and if like if i'm like well fuck it man i i'm gonna bench press those 70 pounds and i'm gonna go till i can't go anymore and then i'm gonna do like incline yes yeah, so and then that, i'm gonna super started yeah had a set program where if for these next six weeks, this is what I do. And you progressively overload what you're doing to slowly adding volume to it. Yeah. You might not feel like you're killing yourself, but you're getting stronger. You're getting mm -hmm. fitter mm -hmm. by slowly doing, adding those small increments over mm -hmm. time. Like I've noticed when I stick to a program mm -hmm. like that, I find the best results. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know this about you probably, but you, uh, you went in uh, a bodybuilding competition. Yeah, I did a couple. Have you seen the pictures of him in his little blue spandex? Yeah. That's going to be the artwork for this, <laughs> this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I threw on a Speedo and got on stage in front of a bunch of strangers. So, yeah. Impressive. I did that. That was like, <laughs> top of my head, I think, 2000. Yeah, well, I just wanted to add yeah. that just so you have a little validity and when, you know, um, when we're talking about training here. Yeah, like it, uh, that was a huge thing that made me yeah. realize. Like, I started learning the discipline a lot. Discipline, huge diet must is got to be huge, and the that. nutrition of yeah, learning yeah. what to eat and how it makes affects my body, makes yeah. me feel. Yeah, like, like 
everybody has their own way of eating, mm-hmm. but doing that kind of made me figure out what worked for me. Yeah. Like, and it's not carnivore keto or whatever. It's just a balanced diet. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. And, and yeah. yeah, proportioned. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dieting is one thing that I just, I don't think I'd ever be able to get and into no. dieting. That was the toughest part of it. It's because yeah. like, I fucking like to eat so yeah well it's just like if i i don't like be i don't like the feeling of being hungry i hate it yeah. i get fucking you know it like i just i don't don't like it like i don't like going to bed hungry i hate it because then you're laying there like if i if i only get five or six hours a night of sleep i don't want to be sitting there for four hours lay, laying yeah, awake being like holy sleep, fuck am i hungry yeah, yeah i'm so hungry i, I still don't sleep. think diets work period i i think it's a no, lifestyle change you have to choose yeah. a lifestyle and whether you get into it super slow, that's probably the best way to stick with it. Yeah. Get into yeah. it slow and just sacrifice little things here and there and make choices. Make because... one choice of I'm going to eat more vegetables Yeah. or I'm going to eat more protein or I'm just going to eat an apple every day. Start with that. Drink more and water. Absolutely. Exactly. You don't have and... to be like, I'm going to cut out all the sugar. I'm not going to do this. I'm yeah. not going to do that. Because then you're going to binge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, if you know you, you drink too much Pepsi. Well, Okay. The simplest thing to do instead of cutting it out is I'm going to have a half a glass instead of a full glass. Exactly. You're still getting your jam and you're not craving it because you're still getting a little bit of stimulus from it. And then you can make that choice. Be like, okay, I'm just going to go to a quarter glass or, you know, just a little bit. And once you're at that point, be like, I don't even need it anymore. You're going to lose weight by not changing anything else right there. Like even exercise, you do not have to change a thing because you're dropping your calorie count in a day just by mm-hmm. making healthier choices. Oh, yeah. And like, like you said, diets, they don't work. Cause no. like for the body show, I was on a strict diet the next day after one of them, I gained 11 pounds just cause I yeah. started eating like an asshole and eating whatever I wanted. At, like after the competition. Yeah. The next day I gained 11 pounds <laughs> That's and crazy. I, I felt <laughs> That's like a shit. lot, man. Like <laughs> how the fuck nuts. can you even eat 11 yeah. pounds of food? Like wait, it was, it's mostly water. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, no, totally. Uh, so did like when you're done at like, cause I remember like, like Arnie's my, my hero, right? Like growing up, man, I watched every Arnie movie is like, you're never going to, you're never going to find a person who accomplished more with their life than Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, to yeah. overcome the stuff that he did and, and just like to have what he have from where he came from is amazing and like they show this it's in that pumping iron movie and at the end of the competition he's sitting he's got a beer and he's got a big fat joint yeah. he's smoking <laughs> he's like oh yeah it's party time oh yeah. yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely nice to after being so restricted to just kind of let loose let loose but yeah. if you don't control that it goes off the deep end pretty quick yeah i can uh, see it i can see it and people are probably like oh i'll just do it uh, tomorrow i'll get back and i'll get back into serious business and i'll do it again i did it once i can do it again but yeah the last show i did uh as craving chinese food so before i went for the weekend i got some had in the fridge i ordered a pizza when i got home ate chinese food a pizza and had like these sugary crab yeah. treats yeah. went to my buddy's house i was hanging out and i get home and i'm like oh fuck i don't feel good and I just fucking puked everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's oh, got to be quite yeah. the shock to the body. Like oh, you're yeah. eating, you're eating so like raw and healthy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just take all that crap. Like you think of like the day-to-day diet, especially if like, if you're going through the, like some people, man, like the guys that work for me, holy fuck, their diet is like drive through at McDonald's in the oh, morning yeah. and then like uh, uh, some Pringles chips at lunch. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. And then the I don't even know how you. I don't know how you function on that. And especially but working and doing what you're doing, Kevin, like the thing for them, it's not easy work. Yeah, they, they don't know any different. 
they think they feel good because yeah, that's what they've yeah, always done. Yeah. But if they it is true started eating healthy, they'd realize like fuck, yeah. I and feel, and I I, feel like shit. I think that is a huge thing because obviously I have people in my life and you're like man like how could you like you you gotta feel shitty because like if I if like if you have a if you like after Christmas dinner right you're sitting there you're hoarding out all day I mean it's just nature of it right you're at your friends and there's treats oh try this try that and you have a big dinner and like the next day i feel like shit i'm like oh my god and then if you like i look at some people i'm like man don't you feel like that because like you just did that every day yeah. but if you yeah. if that if, if you felt like that's, this for so baseline, long right? that's your baseline yeah. yeah then you don't know any better you have to like actually and it's hard because like like you said you can't just quit cold turkey because then you're it's never going to be consistent it's just yeah. unrealistic yeah, yeah exactly it needs to be it needs to be a program where you're like pete said you're just kind of like it, it's going to be a process it's going to be a long process and i think that for a lot of people too like if you're 80 pounds 50 60 pounds overweight and you're going for the long game it's hard to stay on a like to even think about it if you're only lo- if you look jump on the scale and you haven't lost any weight in a month right yeah. or if you only lost a pound or two pounds right but the thing is once that snowball gets moving, like Pete said, it's like eventually you don't need that. Oh, yeah. it's the momentum of going. Yeah. And then it's going to be 10 pounds and then 15 pounds. and Yeah. And if you just stick on it, there's going to be points where you stall out. But if yeah. you just keep going. Yeah, it's a constant it's, grind. Yeah. yeah. It's like Wait, ever since. Who... No, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it's like people who never work out and they get a gym membership and say, I'm going to go six days a week, every week. That's going to last for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Get a gym membership and be like, Wednesdays and Fridays, those are my no compromise. I go those days. And then once you're doing that for two months, like, okay, I can start going Mondays now. And then yeah. you go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And you build yourself up so that mm-hmm. your body's used to it, basically. Right? Yeah, it's a war of attrition, too, definitely. And it's it's easy and it's funny because I think a lot of people, especially like nowadays, like you go on Instagram and you just type in like, fitness or anything and it's just like you're looking at guys that have been doing it their whole life so it's easy to like compare their like where they are now today but you don't see the last 15 or 20 years of like the diet they've gone through the days in the gym the hours they've spent in the gym because you get to a point where yeah you can work out six seven days a week yeah and you can train hard every day but like you said i mean it comes down to sleep and like sleep and diet like there's so yeah. many different variables of it that you can if you if you really want to get serious and really improve and like get big and huge and jacked and all of a sudden yeah you're going to need a lot of sleep you're going to need you're going to need those calories you're going to need proper calories but to oh, just yeah. look at going like to think okay that's what i'm going to look like in a year it's just unrealistic like i've been consistently working out for the last over 10 years now and i haven't missed it every week I've worked out at least once yeah. for the last 10 years. And now it's built up to the point where I can work out every day yeah, and I'm yeah. not sore. Yeah. And... If you wanted to, you could obviously get back into that routine. Not, yeah. not necessarily. It all depends. Like you're training for a race. So obviously your regimen is going to be a lot different than it is. Uh, and, and like you said, everyone's different. You're different. I'm different. Pete's different. Everyone works out differently. And then for it, it's just like, for me, I do it just for like my mental health more than oh, anything. Yeah, I just definitely. feel I, for me, I feel a lot better if I lift them. Well, ever since I started when you when you put out that challenge that 30 and 30 yeah. ever since then like I try to work out as much as I can every day mm-hmm. usually I don't have a lot of time so I superset everything it's yeah. just to get the exercise um I'm at least five days a week unless yeah. there's some extent you know 
shit that I just can't help, whatever it is, what it is. It's not that I don't want to. I just literally, by the time I get to bed, it's like, no, seriously, I got to get up in a couple hours here to yeah, work. I yeah. just, like, I'll get on it tomorrow. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. As long as I'm still like, I got the drive to go the next day, but all those healthy choices. And I never eat bad before, but I would make unhealthy choices at the same time, you know, maybe, you know, if, well, let's say granola bars, but you know what I mean? Like just yeah. snacks, the easy snacks, instead of grabbing the fruit off the counter, like we've always got bowls of fruit everywhere, all over our counter and stuff. And I started going to those more often mm-hmm. when I started the 30 and 30. And it was just like, and it's not like I was addicted to the sugar because I could say no, but I, yeah. I made those choices more often. Yeah. So how long was that? Was that two months ago? Yeah. So this past weekend played in a hockey tournament with guys, like a lot of them I'd played with all year long, uh, but only see a couple of them who played just in the league, but not on our team. They looked at me this past weekend, like, dude, you've lost like a shit ton of weight. Yeah. And I was like, actually I've only lost three pounds. But my physique, yeah, your body changed. composition, the muscle came. Yeah, I lost the fat. Yeah, yeah, and but the look of it, and it's not like I have a goal for a look. I'm just there for how I feel. My body yeah. doesn't hurt as much anymore. Everything's being yeah. held yeah. together properly now. Yeah, but and it's shit. So it's a little months. firm. Yeah, it's shit sitting on you. It's a little firmer. It's not hanging. Yeah, and that's one thing I noticed yeah. when I stopped doing the bodybuilding shows. Is- I stopped working out as much for like the aesthetic look yeah. and just to perform well. Yeah. And I felt so yeah. much better. I noticed yeah. huge improvements. Yeah. It's like the bodybuilder styling working out, like it's good for that. Right. But if you want to be a rock star in the backcountry hunting, that's not how you're going to work out. Mm-hmm. It's- so, what kind of, what do you do for training? Like, so you say like backcountry training, like what are you doing? So right now, uh, I've been doing the running yeah. and I recently just started doing the beyond the kill program. I just started that. Okay. So they have a program that they do. You... Did Wardo talk about that? When was uh, that? I, I can't remember if he did or not. I, I don't, re- I don't recall. Yeah, I don't remember they, hearing. They about just that. released it. Uh, oh, they just did. like a month or so ago. No, he, it, he would have said it cause he was on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, and so I, was Yankee was on. I too. started doing that a little bit. And prior to that, I was doing kind of like full body workouts. I'd lift three to four days a week and I would do a push, a pull, an ab workout and some kind of leg based thing. I almost do that every day. Just different things. Like it doesn't have to be a specific exercise. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned is there's the concepts of what you're trying to achieve and the method can be interchangeable. So if you're trying to build a certain type of strength, like a pressing strength, you don't have to do bench press every time. There's other exercises you can do that will achieve the same goal. Hmm. So it's kind of just picking the exercise that I want to do. Okay. And so like what you, yeah, you enjoy. Cause like, so like for me, for lifting weights, I'll do chest and back. Same day. Same day. Yeah. Shoulders and legs. I can't do legs right now. So, but yeah. I do like the blood flow restriction. Yeah. Um, and then I do arms and I don't take a day off and I go back to chest and back. I do shoulders and I do like 15 to 20 sets and I do like eight. Is that but I do 15 to 20 back and chest together or so like 15 each. chest, 15 back? Yeah. Yeah. I superset everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I do that every, so I don't take any, like I don't take any days off in it. So every fourth day I'm doing the same muscle group. Yeah. I think that's pretty reasonable. I'd say because that's, uh, I've always heard that typically two to three days after you've trained something Uh is when that muscle is basically ready to train again. Yeah. Where, because I'm not doing such high volume on like a pressing exercise, Mm -hmm. that's why I've been doing it again where Mm -hmm. I'm not doing 15, 20 sets. I'll do five to seven sets. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing that three, two or three days later. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of keeping going through that. And then as it's getting nicer, I'm starting to spend more time outside doing stuff like go for hikes, go for runs, Mm -hmm. go ride my bike. So do you count that? Like, so if I'm doing, if I was going to go for a bike ride, I wouldn't, I'd still do my, I'd still go for a run in the morning. I wouldn't be like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to go for a bike ride this afternoon because I'm going to go for a run. Depends on what, like if I was using that for my cardio, mm-hmm. I would just be like, that's what I'm doing. Today. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm also like, there's been plenty of days where I've gone for a run, went for a bike ride. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I was running training a couple weekends ago, I was, doing the half marathons at Knox. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd lift weights and then I go play hockey later. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just So you're sticking to your plan. Yeah. Everything else is just bonus. Yeah, exactly. Like I have my base plan yeah. and then if I'm asked to go play hockey on a Saturday, I'm not going to say no. I want to go yeah. play. So hockey, how right? much is this turkey like we're going on a turkey hunt here for a few days. How much is that going to affect your overall run or, or like you going to build up to it? I and then plan for those couple days off and then Yeah. yeah. I basically all plan to have a couple of days off so i'll just typically i'll do my long run on saturday i'll move that up in the week right gotcha Gotcha. it's like with bodybuilding your life is very restrictive yeah and i've learned that that helped me learn how to plan my training around life yeah and see that's why like one of the things i like i don't hate anything about the hunting season but like i always feel like when hunting season comes around it's hard because then after you got to get back into shape because hunting season just takes you out of being in shape. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends on the type of shape you're talking about too and where you're hunting and what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like there's definitely areas where I hunt where it's easy. Like there's, I I might walk two kilometers, but it's not a hard two kilometers. It's a freaking stroll. Yeah. Um, But I can take you up into some other areas there and that shit is steeper than hell. Yeah. And I'm getting, I might not be building muscle per se, but the freaking cardio I'm getting. And I mean, I'm still packing my bow or my rifle and, Mm -hmm. you know, the backpack's full too. And so there's that kind of muscle and exercise aspect to it. But I can't even compare the two. Like if I'm doing some of that front country stuff, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a stroll. It's not a work. I don't, I wouldn't even consider it a workout. It wouldn't tire me out at all. Mm-hmm. but the other oh, one yeah. definitely would i'd be yeah. exhausted like that's trying to climb a mountain that's a workout instead of walking a logging road to go sit in a tree stand and hunt white hills yeah. right like i've especially with hunting i've started planning my year around it so each time of the year i have different phases of what my workouts are going to be oh yeah so winter typically i'm spending more time in the actual gym so those are going to be more strength-based workouts mm-hmm and then as the weather gets nicer, I'll start spending more time outside. I'm going to start building up my conditioning so that come summer, I'm typically in, come the beginning of August, you're starting to be in the best conditioned shape of the year. Right. But you're going to start not being as strong. 
yeah yeah where then after hunting season you're gonna start building up your strength again and then you start doing that whole cycle again right yeah 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 i usually so if i'm leaving on a hunt at like i'll do workout run workout then go for a hunt yeah and then if i'm going for like a three or five day hunt the day i get back depending on what time it is but if i get back at like five o'clock at night I'll go for a run and do a workout as soon as I get back. Yeah. And you're just getting back into your regular yeah. schedule, right? Yeah. I can't like even, doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'll just have to, I just have to jump right back into it or else yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. And like, if you're going out hunting every weekend and you're going and hiking mountains, you can get away with reducing your volume and your workouts because you're yeah. still doing something, right? Yeah. I so. don't find it's the same though. Like if I go out on a three day, if I'm going out on an elk in the backcountry yeah i definitely don't feel it's the same as yeah. as like time in the gym or time on the trails running yeah, it's different yeah yeah like yeah okay you might be like when you're packing the hardest it's going to be is when you're packing the animal out I'm sure right that that's yeah that is going to be a killer and it all depends like i've had i've hiked elk out of the kootenays for and it took three days to get the fucking thing out yeah. right and like that is that's that's a yeah. hard oh, yeah. couple days where that's a hard workout because it's every minute of every daylight hour you're hiking you're hiking with the animal out or you're hiking back to get the rest of it and hauling it out right so yeah because even you said this year your elk it took you what 14 hours or something yeah. to pack that out like yeah that's a long day yeah like, yeah and see i got back at midnight i didn't i didn't hit the gym after that i went right yeah, to bed exactly. but it's actually funny because Later. it was harder tracking my, it was harder <laughs> pussy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was harder pulling my moose out this year than my elk. Oh yeah, yeah, because actually... you had all that snow to deal with. But I was trucking, and it was it wasn't nearly as far. But man, the snow was halfway up my my friggin' oh, thigh. Yeah. yeah so, that... yeah, that snow was a killer. Hmm. Yeah, you want to feel gassed, like oh, man, yeah. dragging through. But that there snow. you go. Can you think of how hard that would have been, or virtually impossible by yourself if you hadn't trained so hard this year? Dude, that was not a small moose. Yeah, and it's not no. like it was. Oh, the truck's right there. Truck wasn't right there. Like, yeah, it was a haul and a half. Yeah, like, it was I don't a know haul, a ton but... of people that could actually do that on their own. I really don't. No, mo most people can't. Like, yeah, it was a grind. It was a grind to get that fucker out of there, man. It was. Uh, but I mean, what do you do? You have to do. You got to do what yeah. you got to do to get the sucker out. You're not going to go through all that work yeah. to to get it, yeah. and then. Not so I grab my in reach and I text Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna wait worry. here and crack a couple soda pops. Get yeah. your ass over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there in eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was funny when uh we're uh, we were cougar hunting and uh I was cougar hunting with a buddy of mine and he's not in very good shape. And uh we're hauling like I shot the cougar and we're walking out of the bush and I got the cougar. I'm pack pack packing this fucking cougar. I'm, I had it on my shoulders. I pack it a bit. Then I'd be like, fuck, man, it's too hot. Yeah. And I put it down and I'd like throw it and walk to it, throw it. It's deep snow, like waist high, deep snow. And he's going up ahead of me right at the beginning. And then he stops and he's sitting down. He's like, man, I'm so gassed. I'm like, okay, I'll cut the trail. Right. So I'm pulling this cat. I got my <laughs> backpack. He's got nothing but a water bottle. Yeah. And I'm packing this cat. Keep going. Keep going. I've gone over almost like it was probably three K back to where we had to get, had to get back to the sleds. I'm about, I've gone about now since he last stopped and last looked back over a kilometer. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I sit down and like 
waiting for this guy, open my bag, grab some water, waiting for this guy, waiting for this guy. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'm like, nothing. And I'm like, so I'm like, for fuck's sake. So I start walking back. He hadn't made it 50 feet from the last time I left him. Seriously. And, and he was like, man, I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? Like, you can't just be done. And, he, and he's <laughs> like, I'm done. I cannot go anymore. I'm like, dude, if you don't go anymore, you're going to fucking die here. Like, yeah. what do you mean you're yeah. done, dude? There's we're not like, a choice. It's not a choice. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not like, if, if there wasn't all this bush and these couple hills, you'd be able to see the sleds. Like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong? But he was just like so gassed. He was just done. Like, he was mentally and done. And I was like, dude, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go pack this cat up. And then I guess I come back to pack you. <laughs> But I went and took the cat up, got it to the sleds, came back, and he was walking back out. I'm like, fuck, man, you feel better? He's like, oh, no, I don't feel any better. I feel like I'm going to puke. I'm like, come on. Then. Yeah, Get it out. That's yeah. how I've heard I, cat I, hunting is not an easy task. Yeah, it's tough. And I bug that guy still. I don't, yeah, he, uh, I bug him still about that. And he's like, fuck you, man. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, you get to the point, man, where it's like, yeah, but that's why it's worth it like it comes back to what we we're talking about earlier like that's why i love the pro you know that's why i love bow hunting because it just it for me it it this is all part of it like the training and everything it's the day-to-day the whole lifestyle like i live my whole lifestyle around bow hunting and like i'm not going to take anything away from rifle hunting but i just don't feel you go through the same process as you do when you're training to bow hunt no i don't think because you hear tons of rifle hunters that they pull their gun out a week before the season sight it in and they're ready to go yeah but yeah. to be a good bow hunter, you need to practice. Well, and it's like getting, it's like back to talking about like your bear hunt. You got 40 yards. Like with, you know how much shit can go wrong at a, with a 40 yard shot on an animal? How much stuff really goes wrong with a 40 yard shot with a rifle? Oh, yeah. If Not something a lot. goes wrong at 40 yards, you need to put that rifle away. Yeah. You need yeah. to go pick up. Like a for bow. real. Yeah. Because yeah. rifle hunting is not for you yeah Period. but the, you know there's just but there's so many things that can go like 40 yards for some people like my brother he lives in alberta he like he's like man i don't shoot over 10, 20 feet yeah he sits in a tree stand and it's like thick yeah. right it has to walk down right in front of him for him to get a shot and he's like man i don't i don't ever shoot i don't shoot any distances he has he's got two pins on his sight a 20 and a 30 and his 30 is not even sighted in <laughs> it's yeah. just like, crazy yeah. yeah well i mean it, it's just yeah. different right it's a different Even style like, of hunting well, you're saying how hard it is pulling that cattle and the guy wants to quit that's when it comes down to your training is not every time you have to kill yourself but you need to put yourself in situations where you want to quit yeah and you just keep going yeah. well and, and that's, that builds the mental fortitude yeah, to yeah. realize and like to be honest drag pulling that fucking cat it wasn't that hard it was pretty easy that cat was pretty light like took yeah. the guts out and it wasn't even like man it wasn't that heavy at all like maybe 100 120 pounds yeah like it wasn't that hard but if you haven't done been through that challenge you the whole time you just think you want to quit well i mean you just what you got to look at the you can't look at like you can't worry about any of the pain you just got to worry about the end result you can't like of course it's going to hurt anything anything worth doing in your life it's going to hurt it's going to suck like it's not going to be easy or else it wouldn't be worth doing. Like you oh, get the most sense. satisfaction, the most reward from things that are hard physically, mentally, these things that challenge you in your life. doesn't matter what you're doing. doesn't matter if it's your work, if your business, if you're starting a new business, it doesn't matter anything you do in your life. It's going to be challenging. It's going to challenge you, but you have to push through all that threshold of pain mentally, physically, like where you want to quit and just like stop and like, oh, it's too hard. It's too hard because 
on the other side of that is just success. Like that's yeah. how it is. Success really is just a result of hard work. That's oh, all it is. 100%. It's like not quitting. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. Not quitting. Yeah. Cause you might fail and it might take forever, but if you don't quit, eventually you're going to get there. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. 100% yeah. man. And it's the people who you just constantly day in and day out and you just keep little bits plugging away, doing this, yeah. doing that. Doing consistency. Consistency. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's going to make it, it's going to, it's going to add up at the end of the day end of the year right it's not it's not going to happen overnight nothing does i mean obviously there's some people out there that have it a little easier than others but those people they don't they didn't that didn't earn it they it's not the same for them it's not it's not the same it's not as gratifying as somebody who's who's built it and earned it yeah for sure cool guys well we're gonna get uh, going we got a couple we gotta mark we gotta do some arrow cutting yeah get your arrow set up for tomorrow yeah, get them ready to shoot a turkey next weekend. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah. Uh, for hopping Perfect. on the show. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're good. we'll get you on again. Well, uh, we'll talk to people. See, I don't know if we'll be able to coordinate with Pete for the next show, but if not, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna chat again in in Turkey Camp. We're gonna do and we're gonna get Kazi on again. What we'll days see are you guys going? Are you guys uh, going right at opening? Like yeah, opening, opening weekend? weekend. Yeah, I think I'll still be here because I'm leaving on like the 18th, 19th. Yeah, and, and we're doing it. We're going to be staying in my travel trailer, so we could okay. do it inside, um, and then we could do the same setup. I'm going to bring my stuff down, so okay. we could do it. We can get you on, and uh, we'll yeah, figure we'll, it out. We'll be day. We'll, so we're going to do it the day after opening day. So like that night, okay. we'll sit around. We'll have a couple of drinks. Perfect. We'll get Kazi going. We'll, yeah. we'll <laughs> tell some Kazi tales about his. Yeah. There's always one thing. Hopefully, it's uh, yeah. you know. Hopefully, hopefully we get hopefully a gets a new story. Out. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Okay, guys. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, later, Pete. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast, coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoors production. Pete and I wanted to thank all you guys, the listeners, for tuning into the over past 100 episodes of the show. This journey has been a lot of fun for both Pete and I, and we couldn't do it without your guys' support, so we really value that. And uh, you're going to notice a bunch of promo codes down the show notes. Use them, save a bunch. Love you guys. Until the next time. Thank you.